Hey guys, it's me again, Jason. Whatsoever's true, jumping right into it. Let's look at it and talk about Christmas, the real meaning of Christmas and the truth of Christmas joy. So let's look at Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Can <laughs> you imagine? Ah, oh, can you imagine? Ah, uh, anyway, so here we go. So, so Christmas is, I mean, it's many things to all of us. It's family, it's songs, presents, uh, the lights in a tree. And, and those things are all true and they're wonderful. And there's absolutely no sin. There's no superficiality either in cherishing them. So, you know, we should rejoice today for the Lord and in the Lord for our Christmases and, and everything that they mean to us, all the memories we have and all of that. One thing above all that that isn't to be lost, however, for if it is lost, then, you know, there's, then all is superficial and, and actually bad for us. Because without it, everything else vanishes in a puff of smoke, right? So we're going to have this come up a lot over the next couple of weeks when you're thinking about it. Um, Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Right? That's true. Yet, not only that, it's the meaning beyond that event that should be marking the day. Christ was born, and this is it, Christ was born so that sinners would be reconciled to God through faith. Christ lived a sinless life, you know, the life of holiness and devotion to the Father, so that all of us owe God. We owe him a perfect life. This is personal righteousness, and that is credited to our account through faith. More than that, Jesus was crucified for our sin. So he's given God, and through faith, Christ gives us what we owe God in a perfect life of devotion, and he's also paying the penalty that our failure to do so has brought. So he bore the penalty we, we deserve, and then he rose again for our justification, which is proof that, that the Lord, the Father, accepted the sacrifice of his perfect Son on our behalf. So this means that in him, through the gift of faith, we have the personal, perfect, and perpetual, you know, ongoing and infinite, righteousness of Christ in our account. So Christmas is... Therefore, not only the celebration of the birth of Christ, but the festival of love and gratitude toward him who first loved us. Love isn't a human attribute, but a divine one. Unless God shows us love and pours it into our hearts, our sins are going to destroy whatever likeness we have to our Creator in the same way a child would inevitably deface priceless art that you entrust to it. So... This whole idea that, that love, 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 and there's a movie out all the time on uh, you know, Christmas season, Love Actually, and love, 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 and, and it's a wonderful, it's, you know, it's a very, you know, Hugh Grant's in it, so it's charming, right? But love is not a human attribute, it's a divine one, and it's poured into our hearts. And so when we're doing that, when we say love is ultimate, we're, we're admitting that we're made by God, because evolution doesn't make sense of that. And nothing else makes sense of it. So today we rejoice in the love of God. So, and if you listen to this on Christmas Day, we rejoice in the love of God. 
to be loved by God. I mean, that he dances over you, rejoices over you. Can You can fathom such a thing? I mean, I... If it's not written there in Zephaniah, I have trouble. I, I would think that I'm I'm being blasphemous even saying such a thing. He's gonna dance over you. He's gonna he's going to rejoice over you. You. <laughs> I mean, we puzzle over lesser things, don't we? I mean, we puzzle over things like predestination and the Trinity and so forth. And this goes all shows how little we understand the divine nature. That sinners are loved by God so much that he died for us is the greatest fact of life. I mean, it's, it's utterly incredible. To puzzle or to contend over doctrines like predestination, but not over the fact that God is going to save sinners, goes to show you how sinful we are. We have no claim on his love. We owe him... Uh, well, in sin, we owe him a, a, a death, an eternal death. So to be puzzling over little other things, but not be walking around constantly amazed that we're saved at all, goes to show you that we're missing the big point. So when we look at our lives, we're confronted with nagging questions, right? Doubts roll ashore the beach of our consciousness without rest. Those waves keep coming. What should we do? Are we doing the right thing? Are we going to be okay? Oh, what's going to happen to us with this or that? To settle our troubled hearts, we must look to the great truths of Scripture. And this is it. I mean, to wit, since, since we exist and we're personal, this much we know about life without doubt, that God is personal. God is true. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what, a, what a truth. And he died for us. So, again, Christmas morning is a day to be thinking about this, not just, oh, Jesus was born, so, okay, but what all that means is amazing. So, this I mean, the obvious fact of life, we've ruled out that, that, that God created a universe and man fell in sin. And, you know, when you get up in the middle of the night because you can't sleep because you're worried about something, you'd be thinking now, hopefully, you're running in the back of your mind thinking, well, this is a consequence of sin. But Christ loves me. I'm, right? Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God. God is no longer angry with you. And if you're if you're in sin, stop it. Repent and go to him. But but we can rejoice in the truth of Christ. And this is rules out an, an accidental, meaningless universe. It rules out all forms of pantheism and panentheism. The only option, since we're personal beings, who seek truth and meaning is that we were created by a personal God. No other explanation for basic things of life makes any sense of that. With all due respect for Descartes, right? The one thing we know is that we need a personal God, the creator behind everything. And this personal God, Christmas morning, when we're thinking about this, isn't angry with us because of Christ. God is a necessary fact of life. We can't make sense of anything without him. But we live in a sin-sick world, and fear, and trepidation, and anxiety everywhere. But the birth of Christ, as a baby, right, on Christmas morning, we're thinking, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son for us, that we might have life. So if you're struggling with aloneness, and frustration, or fear, <clears throat> anything, you're going to lose in this world. We're going to cry. But all of this confirms the biblical narrative about sin. 
But here at Christmas season and Christmas Day, we note that the birth of Jesus Christ on our behalf to bring sinners to himself, to repair the fracture that sin caused, is a great fact of our lives. It means the personal God has come to us. And he isn't far off. He's bridged the gap between heaven and earth. He's bridged the gap between righteousness and sin in Christ. And because of him, we know that our lives matter now. And there is no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. And it's not just that we're saved, right? It's not just that we're pardoned and told to go our own way. But that our daily walk, our everything, that every activity is with him. And it's now special. His life, the fact that he was born, means that spirituality doesn't obliterate the physical world, nor render it unimportant. Instead, it provides the needed context. Think about this for a second. You're doing the dishes, it matters. Do the dishes and say, Lord, this is, you know, this is wonderful to be doing this. <laughs> I've got dishes, I've got a house, I've got warm water. You've now sanctified that activity. It matters. In the personal Savior, we have the reconciliation of the eternal to the temporal. So you can't just say, oh, well, none of this matters here. It's just going to matter in the kingdom. They both matter. Right now counts forever. Right? Quorum Deo. Live before the Lord. Everything you're doing before the face of the Lord. So we have the answer to the great question, which answers all the little ones by providing the context. Isn't that wonderful? So, if, like, like, let me sum this up. If you're sitting in traffic and, you know, you choose to see his hand and his sovereignty in the tediousness of that, well, you glorify the Lord. If, in his name, you suffer a wrong, any wrong, or you endure a frustration, or you choose faith over anger or self-pity, your act of obedience resonates forever. Right now, in Christ, because of him, counts forever. Like I said, you're doing the dishes, you're driving to work, you're taking out the trash, or you simply smile through the struggles of life because of him, you are living in trust and faith in him. And when you are suffering for something, I'm not talking because you're suffering from sin, the consequences of sin, but when you're suffering and you praise him and you rejoice in him, that is a victory over the world right there and you when you resist sin you listen to this when you resist sin because you see its ugliness and that it's a counterfeit of truth and righteousness that it doesn't bring happiness you're living the triumphant life of faith to see him through your doubts and to give him your all every day every day is part of the eternal life that awaits if Christ hadn't been born, we couldn't say this. His being born proves that our every moment matters. So it's the love of Christ for us that changes everything. So here on Christmas, Christmas season, Christmas Day, depends on when you listen to this, don't merely thank God for the birth of Christ, but rejoice and celebrate for the personal love of God and how Jesus Christ entering into humanity changes everything. Nothing else comes close. And it's all that love of his that changes us and makes us new creations so that we can read Zephaniah 3.17 
and reading when you're again when you're alone and when you're worried and you're thinking well oh, it's not me he doesn't love me or there's no hope for me or think about this verse the Lord your God is in your midst he's present he's a mighty one who will save he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you by his love he will exult over you with loud singing that should be what's with what we're thinking Christmas morning Christmas season that Jesus Christ redeems us he loves us and he was both fully human and fully God and that changes everything so as always I really do hope this was edifying I really do hope it helps you understand the enormity of this incredible holiday that I know in America it's all crass materialism and all that stuff but those are great things to redeem them give gifts and accept gifts in his name and you redeem the whole season and you'll add you'll add so much love to it and so much reality if you're looking at the Christmas tree you're sitting there in a in a room with the with those lights shining or twinkling at you it's all so much blessedness because of Christ and you don't need to be in despair you don't need to be be you know besieged by the world telling you that there's no big deal you know it's just a, a a dumb holiday and it's all commercial nonsense it can be yes it can be but like everything else sin will counterfeit everything if you let it but not this day this day don't just rejoice over Christ being born but rejoice over everything that that means and that will change the way you see it okay so again I just I'm so so grateful for you guys listening uh, wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in your life. And I do hope it causes you to, to love the Lord more and praise Him. And I'll catch you guys next time.